1: sound, intuitive in the angelic realm, psychically connect to your soul, health, and wellness. Tune in as she brings messages, guidance, and clarity into your
0: life. Hey guys, and welcome to Get Into It with Tina Conroy. I am your host on Blog Talk Radio. Always a pleasure to be with you today. Today is Wednesday, May 25th, and we are wrapping up the Women Entrepreneurial Series. I have to say, I'm a bit sad to let it go. It's been three months. We've had phenomenal, phenomenal women in the series from all around the globe, around the country, and in many different industries. And I am going to be airing those throughout the next week or two because there was so much information. I want you to go back, take notes. And listen again. And just so everybody knows, all my shows are recorded on Apple iTunes on the podcast. You can go back. I think I have over a year worth of shows with so much wealth of information. And I have to say that this amazing series has really inspired me. I have learned something from each and every guest, and that will be the case today as well. I am so excited to bring you Sarah Intonato in a few moments. Before we go there, like every show, I would love to center and ground our energy, so let's do that together. Find yourself in a comfortable seat, and go ahead and close your eyes if you can. Take a nice, long, slow, deep breath in, and exhale away. And I'd like to bless this show and bless everyone listening as we send out blessings, prayers, and support if you're listening live or later on the recording. I call upon the angels and spirit guides and our spirit that guide us each and every day. Just take a moment to honor yourself, to honor the breath, and to honor where you are at this moment. Take another breath in and exhale. And we ask this always for the highest good, and so it is. Amen. So it is a beautiful day here on the East Coast. I must say, I feel like it's summer. And if you've been listening to my shows, I've been complaining a bit, so sorry about that. But every time my show has been airing, it's been raining or it's been cold. But I have to tell you, it is sunny and it is beautiful. And I am a summer girl. I really love the beach. I really love the ocean. And my parents live at the ocean, so if you know me, I am at the ocean a lot, and I am just looking forward to being there this weekend and hoping the weather is good. We have such a short amount of time here in New York, and I am just going to take in every moment that I especially can, and I hope that you can too. As we move towards the Memorial Day weekend, it's sort of that kickoff into summer. And I always think of the season as summer as a time to be playful, to be outside, just to be, you know, doing all these things that we, that we love to do. And so honor that. Take the time for that. You know, winter is a time to come within. It's a time to plant those seeds. It's a time to hibernate a bit. And now we have the summer. So be outside. Enjoy every moment as much as you can with your friends, with your family, with nature, with all that's around us. Getting out there, if water and woods and mountains are your pleasure, get out there. And I'd like to pick a card for the day as well. So the card for the show, I'm just choosing the card, asking for blessings, asking for some guidance today. So universal card, universal card energy, very interesting card. It is, uh, it's making me chuckle. So the card is communication. So communication is all about notice how you're communicating. How are you communicating to other people? Um, Notice some of the communications that may be challenging. Maybe there's been some confrontational communications. Um, Also notice the communication for yourself. How are you speaking to yourself? I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, and yes, Mercury is at a retrograde, that communication has been challenging. I've had some challenging communications, some challenging relationships, and it just makes us a little stronger to stand in our power and to connect and feel that connection within. I want to share with you that being away for the last couple of days in Atlanta, Georgia, with my coach, Pamela Bruner, at Transform was truly transforming. I had the pleasure of getting on stage and introducing her, and I love that I was able to do that and to be with so many women and men, entrepreneurial, moving their business forward, and really taking that next step. And I want to share with you an aha moment. Pamela's quote for the weekend was something that struck me, and I'm going to use it a lot. And the quote was, Are you playing to win? Or are you playing not to lose? And I'll say it again. Are you playing to win? Or are you playing not to lose? And I thought about that. There's a few areas in my life that I'm playing not to lose. I play safe. I play without risk. And I'm not playing big. And I'm not playing to win. To play to win, you have to play big. You have to play bold. You have to play fierce. And you have to use risk. So notice in the places that you're playing safe. Is safe getting you what you want? And then notice if you can turn it around and play to win. But we have a winner today, and we have someone who plays to win all the time, 24 hours a day, and she's going to share with us her dedication, her love, and all the things that make her the special person that she is. Sarah Intonado, ery 2500 authorized level two Ashtanga yoga teacher, took her first yoga class as an 18-year-old college student in Boston, Massachusetts. She fell in love with yoga and began practicing daily. By the time she graduated from Boston University in 2003, Sarah had already completed her 200-hour Hatha yoga certification and began focusing her practice and teaching in the Ashtanga Vinyasa tradition under the tutelage of David Swenson. In 2005, Sarah made her first trip to Mysore, India to study under guru Sri K. Patabi Joyce and to deepen her connection to the Ashtanga yoga lineage. Sarah continues to make annual trips to India, Mysore, furthering her practice with R. Sharath Joyce, Guruji's grandson, who has guided the tradition since his grandfather's death in 2009. Sarah received her Level 1 authorization to teach from Sharath Joyce, director of the KPJY in Mysore in 2013. She was given her Level 2 authorization in 2014. She is honored to perpetuate the lineage of Ashtanga Yoga. While in India, Sarah studies chanting with Dr. M.A. Jaisheri, Ph.D., and Sri Lakshmish. In New York, Sarah remains connected to the tradition as a student of senior teacher Eddie Stern. She humbly dedicates her practice and teaching to her late guru, Shri K. Batabi Joyce, and his family. If you're looking for Ashtanga Yoga in Long Island, New York, contact Sarah today, and I will give you all that information. Sarah is grateful to her husband and her two children for supporting her on her spiritual path. And then without further ado, I'm going to bring Sarah on. Yeah, that was such a lovely introduction. Hey, Sarah, how are you? Hi, I'm wonderful. Thank you. How are you? I am great. I am really good, and I'm so excited to kick off this last one, last series with you, last episode. I'm, I'm so excited as well. I
1: loved your quote that you just came in with, are you playing to win or are you playing not to lose? Yeah. I think that sums up the entrepreneurial journey right there.
0: Absolutely, and I, I tell you, I was looking at that, I've been looking at that since the last couple of days, I was there for a few days in Atlanta, and I really thought about that, wow, where are there places that I'm just playing safe, I'm, I'm playing not to lose, but I'm really not playing to win, so I am making that a mantra, and I have it right in front of my desk as we speak, I have little cards that say play to win, and um, I'm, just, I'm just psyched, I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah. So I am just want to get going with this, and I know there's going to be so many people. If they aren't even listening live, they can listen back on recording. And there's so much wealth of information. Um, I always like to start out the show uh, to kind of bring the listeners back to the person that you were or how you were as a child. So if you don't mind sharing that with us.
1: Sure. I was an overachieving child. I always had a feeling that I didn't quite belong. Well, I had plenty of friends, I got along well with everybody who I met. Um, I never had a problem connecting with people, but I always felt like I was a little bit different somehow. And I think that has ultimately driven my path as an adult. Uh, I had a joyous childhood, really. I have wonderful parents who I'm very close to still. I have a sister who is just a wonderful, beautiful person to know, never mind to be related to. So I had a really strong family, and I still do. And I think that gave me a lot of support in my own journey. Um, I certainly, through teenage years and through young adult years, had a lot of challenges, and I think I was able to really see that they were coming from within rather than without because my life was very stable. So it really encouraged me to take the inward journey, which ultimately is how I found yoga. And that set me forth on, of course, the whole path of my life from early 20s until now. But um, I think my memories of my childhood were just so lovely that it has made me want my children to just be children as long as possible because it's really, it was really a gift.
0: You know, it's always nice to hear, too, because sometimes a lot of people will say, well, you know, and you can you hear you hear this a lot between your students that, you know, as healing as yoga is, sometimes people are coming in that have been, you know, had such difficult, difficult childhoods and challenges and they've 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 come to yoga, but there's so many ways people can come to yoga. They, you know, you don't have to come to yoga with all these tragedies. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like you can come with this inner, which I like that you said that because, you know, we all have a healing. We're all in a process of healing, no matter what, even if we had this great childhood or not, but that inner journey is something that we all have to take. So I I appreciate you mentioning that. And I think
1: that also we all sort of, have our own patterns and our own habits that are just ingrained to us that we're born with and because I had such a stable family life I was really able to see that my patterns of overachieving my patterns of putting a ton of pressure on myself perfectionism were really coming from me they weren't coming from anyone else in my life I couldn't place blame anywhere so those led to my own issues of course but I think there was this desire to really be accountable for myself and my life rather than play the woe is me card and look to blame others i thought i have a lot of stuff here but how can i use this in a better way
0: right so as you grew as you grew up and as you kind of went through and i know you found you you took your first yoga class at 18 as a college student mm-hmm. who who would you say influenced you growing up? Just is your, and, it, and it, sometimes that changes, you know, but I would say. Sure. Um, yeah. Do you have anybody both, that you can relate to or?
1: Absolutely. Um, both my parents, of course, but really my maternal grandmother, who is still living, she's 94 years old. We spent a lot of time together when I was a child and she, I knew her as a single woman. She was a widow and an incredibly hard worker, always just took charge of her life and provided for herself provided for her family, and really didn't depend on anybody else because she was widowed very young and didn't have a choice. And so instead of really letting that weigh her down, she has lived such an empowered life, and I always think of her as an example now, even in her 90s, living at home in her house and only stopped tending her garden a few years ago. So she's always been a great influence for me of whatever you want, go and get it go make it for
0: yourself that's nice and that was sort of like your first female entrepreneur (laughs) like you know like the kind of (laughs) her like on her own and having to really yeah like to having to really make it and to believe I mean it's so interesting because you and I are both on this journey or um Passion—I don't know how you want to call it—that—and we've had conversations about business and whatever yes. whatever business we've chosen. But as women, it's really how to, you know, help the other, help other women, and go arm in arm, link to link, and really encourage that, that instead of moving away from that competition, and really Absolutely. believing, yeah, and believing in ourselves and believing in your your co. Even if people that seem competitive to you or in the same business, um, and we could speak to that a little bit, but it's really about just going arm and arm, having that belief, having that strength, and having that inner, inner connection, that inner spirit that drives us, and, you know, to really connect to that. Of course, support, you know, family and so forth. Yes. Yeah. We're
1: stronger together. There's no question yeah. about it. And knowing that, especially in the United States now, how many yoga teachers are there? we're ubiquitous but nobody's going to do you the way you do so you just harness your own gifts harness your own niche and run with it because you could teach the same style of yoga as plenty of other people even in your town but nobody's going to do it exactly the way you do
0: right and I have to share with you I don't know if I've ever shared this with you actually Um, we're going way back Way back, um, probably. One of, I really, I think it's one of your one of your first. It probably was your first trip. So it's 2005.
1: Yeah. And
0: you had you were teaching. Um, you were teaching at Equinox, and you asked. You were like, I'm going away for like three months or something. I remember. And I was a relatively like I remember thinking, well, I had been teaching quite a while. Um, I feel like it was earlier than 2005, but maybe not. And um, and I remember. You were like, I'm going for like three months, and there were these couple of classes, and they were vinyasa classes. They were not Ashtanga. I would not even touch that with a 10-foot pole right now. (laughs) And I remember thinking to myself, you know, and all, I'm sure we all go through this. I would think, oh, my God. Like, how am I ever going to teach this class? They absolutely love her. I am not Sarah. And I think you said to me, I was like, no, you are you or whatever. We had this conversation, I think, briefly, and it was such a good learning tool because I have done that with other teachers as well. And you just start to, you know, now how many years in of me teaching, you do start to honor that that you are your you are who you are. But it's right. You know, there's this com- there's this comparison, and especially in yoga, most students are so devoted and so connected mm-hmm. that it's so hard to walk in but to remind yourself that you're you and your style even in the same like if I'm just using vinyasa even that you know it can be very different in your flair and how you go and it's okay because we're all who we are so that's right yeah, yeah. it's
1: that's like cool. your fingerprint nobody's is yeah. going to be exactly like yours
0: right exactly so take us back a little bit to some of the business that you've been a part of prior you, you know I know you can just go back you know after college and and just takes us up to kind of today a little bit.
1: Sure. I started teaching yoga in my senior year of college, and initially I was going to teach while I was sending resumes out, deciding if I wanted to go to Wall Street like all of my classmates, or deciding if I wanted to apply to law school like my other classmates. And I thought, I'll just teach yoga for a little while. And then by the end of that summer after graduation, I realized, this isn't just going to be for a little while. This is really what I love to do. So I've been doing this since I was 22. The only other jobs I ever had were waitressing or babysitting, and that was that. That was when I was really young. So I moved to Long Island from the Boston area in 2003 and immediately built a full-time teaching schedule. So for many years, that consisted of freelancing, teaching at various yoga studios, teaching a few private lesson clients, and really just traveling all over, earning a living, and I was really, I think, impeccable with my timing because 15 years ago, there were not many yoga teachers around, so it was not difficult for me to get classes and um, find work. And then, I would say maybe three or four years after that, I first began dabbling in other forms of teaching. So instead of just teaching the general public, I began teaching special courses, whether workshops for teachers for continuing education or uh, yoga retreats, which I now have as a huge part of my business. But I was just starting to dabble in that. And I did a few retreats um, that were of a one-day format or a weekend format, which were hugely successful. And um, I love. Taking my yoga teaching into a different setting, I loved having to use my entrepreneurial skills a bit more because I did get my degree in business and marketing. So it was really fun for me to reframe that and be both a yoga teacher and an event planner coordinator, and um, really have wear many hats. I enjoyed that very much, and I found it really inspiring to give people a chance to step away from their daily life and appreciate their yoga practice, and themselves much more, which is something I think has driven my business ever since. So I did that for a few years, and then I, after my trip to India in 2009, started my family. So I have two children, and I had two kids in 18 months, a boy and a girl. And during that time, it was really just teaching to get myself out of the house, remain connected to my students and my passion, And I did what was most convenient at that time. I taught private lessons, and it was one client at a time. I got to make my own schedule. It was uh, very lucrative, and I still got to spend a lot of time at home when my kids were babies, which was great. So it wasn't until a few years after my youngest was born that I started to not just jump back into my daily classes and more private lessons, but shape what is now, I think, the most important part of my business, which is yoga retreat and both domestic yoga retreats for a day or a weekend but also international and I've done this because I have seen many people especially women who I teach get totally burnt out and I see people even doing what they love totally burn themselves out and it gets to the point where they're so committed to their job their family their home that their practice just become something else on their to-do list and the love of yoga seems to fade and the love of life sometimes seems to fade and I know because I have stepped away to India enough times that sometimes it's exactly what you need to bring a dose of inspiration back and I really feel like my purpose and my gift is to bring that to people whether it is taking them away for one day so that they can turn off their phone for an entire day and focus on themselves and really use yoga as a tool for clarity and for connecting to their deeper potential. And on a grander scale, taking them away for a long weekend or taking them away for a week at a time and giving them the chance to give back with that same level of commitment that they give to everyone else but turning it back to themselves. So while I still do teach daily classes and clients, and I love that, of course, I really enjoy that whole retreat experience, and the travel part of that is big for me. I love to travel. To me, when I get on a plane, I feel like I'm literally flying myself. It's so exciting for me. So I love getting out of the element of the day-to-day and learning more about myself when I'm someplace different, and I see that as a really key piece of the retreat experience so now I focus quite a bit on that and I enjoy that very very much and so it gives me the chance to be both a really passionate yoga teacher but also a passionate entrepreneur.
0: You know what the retreats are just so amazing I've been on on retreats and I I know more and more you have uh, are developing more and more that are just so exciting and I, I know the Mont- Montauk Retreat has been happening. How long have you been doing that one? That one's been quite a while, right? Well,
1: actually I did my first Montauk Retreat probably back in 2005 it was and right. then I did a few retreats on the North Fork of Long Island after that that were of the same format one day. So it gave people a chance to commute for one day and if they didn't want to stay over they didn't have to and for people who are nervous and maybe leaving their kids for the first time or stepping away from their business for the first time, it felt doable. So I've been doing the one day format. I started that yeah, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, because I saw there was a need for it. People were scared to commit to more, but they would commit to one day. So that's been a really fun way of easing people in. And then three years ago, I began leading some destination retreats as well.
0: And tell us about the first one because that just happened recently. And I lo- I always love looking at the pictures because it's just I mean Tuscany. I mean who doesn't want to go there? I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, well Tuscany was my first European retreat last year. But my first international retreat was actually going to Turks and Caicos, which is oh, only from right. New York a, three, a three-hour that. flight, not very far. But for me, it felt so daunting to be taking a group of people out of the country and out of their element and out of my element, but it was just spectacular. And one of the students said the sand at the beach there was so perfect, it felt like you were walking on mashed potatoes, and it's true, that's exactly what it felt like. And it was kind of like yoga camp for people, in a way, because we were on a private island, and... The focus of the day was yoga. We practiced in the morning, we have breakfast, we would do philosophy, then we would have a technique workshop, then we would do meditation on the beach at sunset. So the whole day was really centered around the practice. And that was a great first international retreat because I went to a beautiful resort that really was our everything. We stayed there, we didn't leave the island, it was really about relaxation. The spa treatments were phenomenal. So it gave people a chance to really slow the pace down and give themselves some much-needed pampering. And then last year, I started expanding to Europe a bit and took a group to Tuscany, the town of San Gimignano, and we're actually going there again this July, and I have a few spaces left for the perfect people who want to really cultivate a deeper connection to themselves. And it's just I call it the retreat of a lifetime, even though I've gone every year the last few years, because it's just so special. You can't fake the level of warmth and sincerity of the family that owns the inn where we stay. And the food is all grown on property. It's an organic, self-sustaining farm, so all the food is grown on property. The vegetables are so beautiful, they look fake. So people <laughs> always ask, being a vegetarian in Italy, what do you eat? And, you know, people are imagining prosciutto and all kinds of things. Right. and I am in heaven at this farm. Every vegetable is more delicious than the last. And we eat like kings, and it's amazing. And I think it's an amazing part of the retreat, actually, because you eat food that's meant to nourish you. You go to sleep, sleep well, you wake up, you do your practice, and then you have an adventure. And so it's, yes, a cultural experience, but very much a self-care experience. And it's just it, the whole element of being there, the hills of Tuscany are just picturesque and the elements of really being joyful. We are living in a culture in the United States that's so fast and so focused on the next thing that sometimes we forget about just being joyful right now with whatever you're doing. And the beautiful thing about Tuscany is people just live like that every day. So, If you've ever stayed at a farm, you know that people who work on a farm work incredibly hard. They're doing manual labor. They are out from sunrise until sunset, and always with a smile, always so much joy. You know, when they sit for their lunch, they really sit and take it in. And I think last year all of us were affected by just the love of life that these people have, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm so excited to go back there this year because there was just something that literally – it's hard to translate. It's hard to explain, but just a real zest for living there. And when people always ask about my retreats, they ask if I have a theme. And I find that often my retreats sort of take on a theme of their own. And now having done it, I say the theme of the Tuscany retreat is it just makes you fall in love with life again. Mm. That's really how beautiful every moment is. And, I think that's why I can't wait to get back, because if nothing else, you will leave with that. And we did see many beautiful friendships formed. I think people come to a retreat in the mindset of wanting to connect. They want to connect with themselves, of course. They want to connect with like-minded people. Um, I have people from all walks of life who come to these retreats, and men and women, married, divorced, single, all ages. Some people brought their children. Some people came with, you know, their spouse. Some people were traveling alone for the first time, and just really watching people open up and feel comfortable being themselves. They didn't have to put on an act. They didn't have to perform. Nobody was depending on them. So it was really great to see them just really dig deeper into what kind of life they want to have and talk about it and. to themselves. It was really, really special. So now I'm always thinking about, you know, what places can I take people that will encourage that sense of community and also that sense of self awareness.
0: And you know, I think the thing that I love as I'm just listening to you, and you know, I'm a very visual person, I like Claire yes. you know, buoyantly like see it, like in my mind, like I could just smell the food and the nurturing, oh, yeah. is that to take your gifts, and you said to share your gifts. So not only how you sharing your gifts of sharing from, you know, uh, the practice of yoga and to take it to this next step with the retreats and to hold people in that space. I mean, I think that's the other thing, too, that you do eloquently because to take people out of their environment, you know, to a one-day retreat or a weekday retreat or to internationally to another country, Um, You have to hold the space for them in so many places, but also allow them to be who they are. And I'm sure you've seen so much transformation. I mean, from the day they get there, I mean, to leave their home and just move and grow. And, you know, I'm sure there's there's laughter and there's tears. You know, it's sort of this like growing, transforming. But, you know, what an honor for you to really notice your spirit and notice your gifts and to share the gifts with others and to create this this, you know, business, you know, in a, in a sense of, definitely. Yeah. Like, you know, because like you said, it was always interesting to me and I wasn't really sure what you were going to say. Cause we never had this conversation for most people, especially now they kind of come to teaching yoga as, you know, I've done this and I've done that and I'm going back into the workforce or I'll do yoga too. Right. And so your story, your journey is, you know, going to college, getting the degree and making yoga your 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 business, making yoga your life. It wasn't sort of like this part-time thing and to now take right. it into this level I mean, how wonderful it is yeah. to share you
1: Thank you. I think also for part of it, it's not really a choice in a way because for me it wasn't like I decided to be a yoga teacher. I almost feel like yoga found me and mm-hmm. I almost feel like it's such a deep calling to me that I can't imagine not doing it. I think nowadays it's almost a fallback career to many people. I think they find the schedule appealing and making your own sort of lifestyle appealing. But for me, I just felt such a deep connection. I saw the practice change my life so drastically that it wasn't an option. It, I knew yoga was necessary for me every day, just like brushing your teeth is necessary. And I thought, people need this it's my job to share this and so that's really why I started teaching yoga but I also started seeing I think having been to India so many times I've been to India seven times the imposition of western culture have its effects you know with the constant availability with technology and the never taking a lunch break while you're sitting down and eating your food but you know eating in the car eating on the run and I'm lucky that I saw that there was a better way when I was very young, and I think I've just been really conscious of living with a sense of balance. And I think I started furthering my retreat business specifically for people who know that balance exists and they want it and they don't know how to find it. And Mm -hmm. I have a gift in helping people find it and showing them that it's okay. It's okay to give yourself – time every day it's okay to put yourself first sometimes and i always use the analogy we can't pour from an empty cup so Mm. you have to refill that cup and sometimes we're good at you know stepping away for our yoga practice every day or eating a clean meal every day but sometimes in order to do it if we're out of the habit we need to just step away and be by ourselves and that's what retreats really speak to with many of the students that i see and at the retreat i did on saturday in montauk it was just a one-day retreat i took everybody's phone away they walked in they signed in they handed over their phone and some people did so willingly and other people were terrified and by the end of the day nobody wanted their phone back because they felt so refreshed and we really noted how We're constantly available to the point where sometimes we're checking our phone for no reason. You know, we're just doing it because it's there. And that, we don't realize, is a mental drain. And retreats are really about replenishing and refilling. So the one-day retreat shows people a lot. It shows them that there's a better way, and when you're ready, you give yourself a bigger dose of that. But what really struck me at this most recent one-day retreat is how many people took me aside At some point during the day and said you don't know how badly I need this I've been suffering from adrenal fatigue which is a total stress related condition I've been suffering from serious depression I've been suffering from postpartum depression I've just been dealing with terrible insomnia because my mind is so busy and these are all things that we can work with with yoga these are things that we can use our practice to begin a process of healing and Whether we realize it or not, people need healing. And I happened to realize very young that if I didn't do something to get control of my mind, I was going to be on some serious meds because I just had that nature of a mind that woke up in the morning and felt busy and so much energy but not knowing where to put it. And I'm realizing that many people are that way or need some kind of outlet. And so for me, the yoga practice is so important, and thank God we do it every day and squeeze it into our busy lives. But beyond that, we need to check in and make sure that it's not just becoming something to check off our to-do list, which I think I've Mm -hmm. mentioned before. But you don't want it to just be something that you rush. You don't want to forget why you do it. And really, we do it for that balanced mind, which then translates into a really healthy body. And a really
0: healthy life. And you know what? That brings us to the topic, which is always these this big topic of balance. And so I love mm. all your Instagram and your and your Periscope's. And you've always talked to these very again um, so well about putting yourself first. And a lot of your posts, a lot of your social media posts, um, and just getting the message out is to really put yourself first. And I know you have a very um, uh, very supported and strong Mysore program that starts its 6 a.m., I believe, right? Yes. Yeah, every morning? Yes. So you're all, you know, when I see, I always, you know, I always, it's like the check-in, you know, there you are at like 6 a.m. or I'm sure it's before 6 a.m. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, it, it's, it's just putting yourself first, showing up. I think one of my quotes yesterday, actually, that I posted was to show up for yourself is the first step or, you know, keep showing up. Yeah. Um, but you're right, like to just have that, to have that, be to clear your mind to put yourself first and you know it's easier it's easy to say it but it's to do it it's to put yeah. the act. but it kind of leads me to the question and if you want to share with the listeners how do you balance all of that right so like we all have our our stuff right so every yeah. day you uh, you have your practice you have your clients you're hosting and preparing for retreats so I'm sure that's a whole part of it as well your business yeah how do you balance your work and your personal and family time do you have what's what would be something that you would want to share
1: i have a cutoff time at night for correspondence so if you text me after 8 p.m there's a solid chance you won't hear from me until the next morning because if i don't have that boundary my brain will just keep going, and if my brain keeps going, I don't sleep, and then there's no energy for practice, and you name it, so having a cutoff point in the day where you can physically and mentally wrap it up, and then just do whatever speaks to you, whether it's play with your children, or take a bath, or eat in silence, you know, something that really is nourishing rather than draining that's always been really important for me. And for me as well, I make self-care a priority in the form of my yoga practice. But even though that seems self-explanatory, being that I'm a yoga teacher, I think it's important to highlight it um, because it can seem like another thing to do. And if you look at it as just a workout, you'll find reasons not to do it. But for me, it's beyond that. It allows me to show up in whatever I'm doing in my life with the deeper level of being present and a willingness to engage with people because I'm not drained. I'm not resenting what I'm giving to them. So as I prepared for a retreat last week, my number one priority was putting my mat down. And I could have made a million excuses not to do that. There was plenty to do, plenty of things to handle, but I would have handled them like a complete zombie and for me that's never worth it so I think sometimes and it's a hard thing for us to do and I had to learn how to do it be willing to say no and I think of it as an enlightened no and when you say no I can't pick up the dry cleaning today let's find another way around that or no I can't go grocery shopping today let's take some food out of the freezer you know you have to know that what you're really saying is yes to Hmm. a pace that feels more comfortable and to a level of self-care that's really important. And usually when we're our most busy is when we're getting ready for something really important in our lives, whether it's an event or a job interview or a new career change. And we have to think, how do I want to show up? Do I want to show up as somebody who is really centered and focused? Or am I going to show up to this as somebody who has been putting everyone else first and is a (laughs) mess? And sometimes we have to then ask ourselves that question and backtrack from there and then set ourselves up. Okay, how do I want to set up this week based on how I want to feel on Friday? What do I need to do today to show up on Friday feeling 120%?
0: Right, and I love that. I mean, everyone, I have... I have my own ritual that I do most mornings. And um, this morning, I, I change it up sometimes. Sometimes I'll just do my own yeah. practice and just get on the mat and I have a, a meditation. I do my journaling. I pick a card. It feels like forever, but no, it's all lovely and I love it. And today, yeah. um, I've actually been on, it would be interesting to share with you. So even to this day, I have, you know, the big textbook of David Swenson, you know, the, the Shava. Oh, I love that. And, and I have it, like, right near my fireplace, kind of right where my mat is. And for the last couple of days, I felt very stressed for time. Like, I just had this thing about time. Yes. And so, you know, and I tried to see time is on my side and create time. And I love Wednesdays because I've carved out Wednesday morning for me to really have a longer morning. I don't see my first client until mm-hmm. 930. Um, so it's a, just a, it's a great day for me. I get to do my show, I get to connect with with my my listeners and guests. And this morning, so the last couple of days I've been doing the thirty minute practice. And um I still have to pull the book out. I have to be honest, I still pull the book out. But I I, I sat after you know, I got Sister Shavasana, and I just kinda of laid there and I was like, How would I have felt if I didn't do this? Like, wow. No kidding. Like, it just felt yeah. So good. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't long. I mean, it was a little spurt of the time, but I got up, I did my things, I felt good, and I thought, those are the things that I have to keep doing, even for myself to have to remind myself. I mean, one of my favorite quotes my one of my good friends is, you know, self-care is not selfish, right? Self-care is not Mm. selfish. And as much as I'm with so many different clients, I work mostly with women, that's really the, the, the bulk of my business, and it's all about that. We just give and yeah. give and give. So I just love your whole, the way have, you've created to share your gifts into um, beyond uh, from the mat into kind of like your flying carpet. So like you said, kind of the reason. Yeah, thank so, you. It's great. And one um,
1: mantra that I love all the time that I'll share with everybody
0: here listening is
1: when you have a career or any kind of work, whether it's work in the home or outside the home, that you know is your divine purpose and you're doing it every day, you have to remember you're serving. You're sharing your gifts. And so a great mantra to, when you need one for self-care is, I serve, I deserve.
0: Oh, nice. I like that one. That's a tweetable moment, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I a good serve, one. I deserve. I love it. So before we wrap up, um it always goes too fast, but is there any um, – any, any tools or takeaways that you want to share with women in business for themselves? I mean, you, I love that you shared about the, the turn off time and giving yourself uh, the self care, but is there any other tools or takeaways you want to share with women that are in business or have created business for themselves?
1: Yes, I think joining either a mastermind or, or a group for women in entrepreneurship is vital. We're stronger together, and I think it's important that as you are up-leveling your career and honing in on your gifts and wanting to grow, you will be challenged, of course. we Just like on our yoga mat, we're challenged. And it's important that we, it's important that we cultivate a network for ourselves of support, just like we need support as we're growing our family or building a home. We need support in our business as well, to have that right mindset of abundance and self-care and taking every bump in the road as an important lesson rather than a failure. And we need a team to really further that and keep it going. So I have wonderful entrepreneur groups that I'm a part of. I work with a wonderful coach. And I think it's really important to remember that you're not alone. I see this superhero complex that women Mm -hmm. especially get. And I have to do everything perfectly. I have to mind the children and cook and clean the house and show up my career and kill it and all that. And sometimes we need to remember that we need to be supported as well. So I think for me that has changed my life, and I would recommend to any woman who is cultivating her own business, find people, you know, to have a mastermind with. Make your own if you need to. But, you know, Stop congregating with the people in the lunchroom who are just complaining all the time. Instead, focus on the positive people who you know are going to uplift you, because like attracts like. Yep.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I absolutely agree. And just spending those three to four days with uh, Pamela at Transform, I was surrounded with people. Um, she is my coach that I work with and help, has helped me to just do the same thing, abundance and up-leveling and coaching. Um, and it's so interesting what you just said, and we haven't actually shared this, but I am Because I work so much with women and because mm. I was traditionally a mom, I was a stay-at-home mom for many years before I kind of found my career, um, I, am, I really see the need for this balance and for, for moms. And um, my, my exciting news that I'll be launching soon is my first program, um, and I'm just going to share it with you now because it kind of just came up in the conversation, and it's called Mindful Mompreneurs, and it's a Love 90-day it. program. And, um, yeah, it's Mindful Mompreneurs and really about how to bust the myth of the super mom. And mm-hmm. it's just I'm excited to really get it out there because so many mompreneurs, you know, be mindful mompreneurs, the so moms at work, you know, how do we not feel that? we're on that hamster wheel, you know, that the next day feels like the next, you know, are you tired of constantly struggling and bouncing, growing your business and being the mom that you want to be for your kids? And um, I'm excited to launch that. And it's kind of been, it's kind of actually birthed. I didn't even have any idea. It birthed out of the three months of working with women entrepreneurs. And I kind of to look at my tribe and where I came from. And I was a mom and I still am a mom, but I I started as you know, a stay-at-home mom. And now it's the challenge of of that. So anyway, just wanted to share that. I'm excited to kind That's of want to in the next month or two. Yeah. So it's exciting. Congratulations. it's needed. Thank you. Women need it, that. It is. It really is. Just to have that, to just not feel so guilty. I get a lot of that. I feel so guilty. I can't, yeah. you know, I'm never, I don't have enough time. I feel so guilty. And, and so how to find that success. And then before yeah, we go, I
1: think, I'm yeah. sorry, I was going to say really quickly, I think something that yoga teaches us, which is why yoga will always be part of my offering, is that clarity and that presence. Even though I have a much more solid business than I did years ago when my kids were babies, I think I'm a better mom now because when I'm home with them, the phone is off, I'm focused on them. When I'm at work, I'm fully at work. I feel less divided and less scattered. So I think that support of hearing other moms talk about how they do it and what works for them. It's going to really encourage people to show them that you can do both as long as you're really
0: being present with each one. Right. right. I love that. Any last um, book that you want to share with anybody, any book that you're reading at the moment or a book that has inspired you? The first
1: book that I ever read that blew my mind um, in terms of what I was capable of doing was probably nine years ago, and it was called Living with Joy. By Sanaya Roman, and it's a channeled book, and it is great because it has a lot of journaling exercises, and it helps you to see what you really want to create. I think sometimes we create what we think we're supposed to create, and it shows. It showed me what I really wanted, and I'll never forget. I did that journaling exercise through each chapter, and then everything that I wrote down that I wanted for the next twelve months materialized, except for a couple things, which in hindsight would have been detrimental for me.
0: Hmm.
1: It's a really powerful book and she has a wonderful series as well of books.
0: Thank you. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. I I couldn't ask for more for you to be my wrap up and for you to be um, the person to kind of wrap up the series. And I I thank Thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's been wonderful. And um, where can people find you? Where can people reach you and just give us all that information? Sure.
1: I can be found on my website, www.sarayoga.com. Www.sarayoga, you can email me through there. You can see all my offerings there. You can connect to me from social media through there as well. It's really the one-stop shop in terms of anyone wanting to know more or connect.
0: Great. And they can find you at uh, your Mysore program right here on Long Island? Yep.
1: My, my program is at Absolute Yoga in Woodbury. Um, we have class seven days a week. I'm there Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m., and there are classes on the weekends as well. And it's a wonderful group of people, all willing to learn, no judgments. We have all levels of students who really just want to go into their day being their best selves. And I started the early morning program because I have such a wide range mix of students i have people who come to practice and then go to work as a corporate accountant i have people who come after they put their kids on the bus and everybody in between so it's just a really nice diverse crowd and we all have yoga in common
0: great well thank you sarah so much it has been a pleasure to have you and keep sharing your gifts keep sharing your light and um we wish you so much success um thank you so much
1: Thank you. same to you my pleasure
0: All right. Have a fantastic day. Enjoy that sunshine. Same to you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. So another fantastic show. Um, Like I said, it's a little sad for me to let it go. I'm wrapping up the Women Entrepreneurial Series. It was three months. I cannot believe it's been three months. I had phenomenal women on the show. And honestly, if you've missed any of those episodes, please go back and listen again on on the iPod, uh, Apple podcast. Sorry, Apple. It is so great. You can listen at your convenience. What I love about podcasts and the recording is that so many people will say, Oh, I listen to you when I, you know, doing the dishes or, or I have you in my earbuds. So yes, Um, go back and listen to those shows. Um, I am, again, always grateful to everyone listening and for being there. And I'm excited to launch my program, Mindful Mompreneurs, Busting the Supermom Myth. So stay tuned for that, just kind of taking all 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 the different things that I love and my gifts to the world of working with women for coaching, weight loss, for transformational work, energy work and yoga, and mindfulness, and meditation, and putting that program all together to really work with moms, to work with mompreneurs, and to have us feel centered and connected to be successful with our families and in work. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Namaste.